This is the Dealer News Today podcast, the podcast for automotive executives and the professionals who support them. Well, hey there, everybody. Hope you are doing great and welcome to the award-winning Dealer News Today. You know you got to throw that in there sometimes. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. Uh, we are moving right along in Season 5, but of course, we have a whole bunch of great past seasons and episodes that you could listen to anytime you want, and they are all at DealerNewsToday.com. Also, follow the show on social media, at DealerNewsToday, so you can stay up to date. I am your host, Derek D., and no, I'm not just a talking head. You can find out more about me at DerekD.com if you like. Okay, let's get to our guest today. He's got more than 20 years in the automotive industry and is basically a marketing genius. That's why he has the title of Senior VP of Global Sales, Marketing, and Customer Service for Karma Automotive. I'm talking about none other than William Monroe. William, how are you, man? Glad to have you on DNT. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. So let's talk about you for a second. So you got more than 20 years in the automotive industry, right? I do. I do. And where are you? I know you live in LA currently, but where are you originally from? I'm actually originally from LA. I was born in LA, grew up in Orange County, and then uh, spent about 10 years um, as I did undergrad on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., uh, and then, uh, Howard, right? Went to Howard university. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then you got your master's from Webster. Correct. Correct. And then that was back out here, um, uh, on the, uh, on the West coast, um, a few years later. Oh, very nice. Very nice. But currently, aren't you like, as we're recording this right now, aren't you in Japan right now? No, no. That's actually going to be my, my counterpart, uh, Chris Satchno. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I knew one of you were out there. So you're in LA right now. I am. I'm, I'm definitely more local than he is. Um, he, you know, and, and scheduling anything with him because of the time difference is always a challenge. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But all good. And uh, that's fine. So you're out in LA, uh, from LA. And just side note, are you a, are you a Rams or a Chargers fan? Oh, I'm neither. I was, oh. <laughs> I, I was, I was born uh, in silver and black and purple and gold, uh, silver and black for the Raiders. Oh, okay. Used to go to the games at the Coliseum out here uh, with my dad and my brother, uh, and uh, purple and gold for the Lakers. That's all. I'm oh, okay. Well, that makes out. sense. And then you got, <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, the Lakers. That makes sense, obviously. But then you got the Raiders. They're out in Vegas, so not too long of a drive. Right. From right. You no, exactly. New, not, not too bad. For us, it's a it's a short. Yeah. Out. Well, you know, I'm 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 pulling for the Raiders. They're not in the best season right now, but Derek Carr's <laughs> got a great first name, and uh, I do like him as a quarterback. <laughs> I figured. I figured. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm a Giants fan, so okay. our season is just surprising. So, hey, you, that's, you that's fine are, with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we could talk football, but we're not going to talk about that on this podcast. So uh, so we learned a little bit about you. And so break it down for me. Tell us what you know about your role at Karma Automotive and what does a typical day look like for you? Sure, sure, no problem. Um, so, you know, my role here, um, so like I said, I'm, you know, over everything um, for global sales, uh, marketing, customer service, uh, and also product planning. Um, so for everything that kind of in and touches, strategy, operational, on the passenger side, passenger vehicle side, uh, that's what I am over. Um, so, you know, a typical day is kind of meeting with my my team for those different areas. Um, you know, whether it be on the after sales side, uh, parts, uh, marketing, brand, um, you know, product planning, which for us right now is, is really important. I'm sure we'll get into that more uh, on this podcast. Um, 
So, you know, it's kind of preparing and, uh, you know, running our day-to-day business uh, and then also sure. preparing for the future. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it makes sense. You know, you know, for people listening, they may not realize that I actually had Henrik Fisker on Fastlane Daily a few times over the years. I interviewed him ah, and okay. he, yeah, and he used to own Fisker Automotive, which their flagship car was the Karma, a really cool uh, looking electric vehicle. Then he left or, or sold the company or, or whatever happened. I don't really exactly remember. So was the company just sitting there for a time period and then bought up by you guys or? So uh, so Fisker Automotive uh, went out of business back in 20, 2015. Oh, okay. That's right. Our owner bought the assets um, uh, to them, uh, moved all of the tooling, um, all the factory equipment from Finland all the way over to California. Yes. Now it makes sense. Started us as a brand new company called Karma Automotive. Which was the namesake of Fisker Automotive's first car, the Karma, like I said before. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And so kind of keeping some of that lineage, you know, from from that, uh, you know, beautifully designed car. Right, exactly. So we basically did that, took re-engineered that vehicle um, and relaunched it in 2017. Right. And now we're yep. on to our uh, second version of that. Um, so that car, uh, RGS6, is essentially 85% all new. The only thing that carried over from our first generation was the aluminum space frame. Uh, which gives it that great proportions that you that you see on the exterior. Right. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful car. Yeah, no, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, what What do you think some of like the best ways for you know, in your opinion, dealerships to, you know, effectively market to consumers and acquire more EV sales? Because obviously, Karma is is strictly EV, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. 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 Yep. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's it, it, and that's a great question. You know, it it is a little different than a normal, um, let's say, gasoline burning. Uh, car or truck um, so you know those customers for for them on the marketing side you know is kind of speaking to early adapters especially in those early years uh, and then you know being able to reach them you know, you know for us specifically because of our clientele being a little higher in household income you know for the things that they kind of do they're typically a little bit older um so you know reaching them in doing uh, the best ways that i found is experiential events um, you got to get them in so they can touch, you know, touch the leather, you know, sure. get it, be able to drive um, those kind of VIP reception events. Those those do really well for us uh, to be able to get out there. And then, you know, obviously reaching out there and, and digital is obviously the fastest growing medium that's there. Um, so those are the ways that our dealers uh, are, are successful at marketing to our customers. I think that's a good way because you do. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of old school in the sense that I want to go there. I want to see the car. I want to touch the car. Sure. I want to do all that stuff. But I want the process to be a lot quicker. So I'm new school in the sense of let's get all that paperwork done online. Yeah. Let's do all this stuff first and then get in there. So, you know, obviously you mentioned Karma is definitely a more high-end EV brand. So how is it competing with, you know, all the other manufacturer brands who are putting out EVs on all levels as well. Sure. Do you have a specific demographic you're aiming at or, uh, you know, it, you know, we, we do, I mean, we get, we get a lot of customers that are um, entrepreneurs, business owners, um, you know, some, you know, this, this purchase is kind of a reward for them. Mm-hmm. Um, others, it could be, you know, we could be car number three to five in a garage, you know, so, you know, we have some where, where they have it and our car is a daily driver, but we have others where our car is, you know, is is kind of the week, the weekday vehicle. And then maybe on the weekend, they drive their exotics. You know, it's 
that that right. that's kind of the the swath of our of our customers that are out there. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good answer. And just just curious because I always ask everyone this question on the show: Were you always a car lover, or you just kind of fell in love with the business? I, I were you always a car guy? I was always a car guy. <laughs> nice. Stereo, I always like to hear that. you know, yeah. I, I, cars, cars and sports. That's me. I, I always like to hear that. Cause sometimes, you know, which is fine. Like I'll talk to multiple people on the show, dealers and things like that. And they'd be like, ah, it's really the business for me. It's not so sure. much the cars that I love, but sure. I love when I hear like someone works in a car company and they love cars as well. I think there's just kind of a, I don't know, just a different dynamic in that sense. I'm a car guy myself. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, no, <laughs> I, I love cars. No, and honestly, it's a great question because, you know, when you're asking someone, especially someone that works at an OEM or, um, or at a dealership, you know, in a, in a lot of cases, um, they're not car people, Yeah, you know, which, which is really good as well. You know, even just, even, even, even my team, you know, if I was to query the query them, um, you know, some, some are, and then others just completely aren't, but, you know, they're definitely learning, learning the business itself. And then that's kind of exciting. Uh, and then obviously being at a company like ours, you know, that's, that's growing and, and, um, you know, kind of doing all things new, yeah. uh, that, that kind of melds the two together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you get both perspectives. Exactly. You know, you get, you get that perspective of people that know cars. And then it's also interesting to get that perspective of someone who knows maybe more of the business side and is asking questions that you might never even thought to ask. Yeah, no, which I think exactly. Is a, <laughs> exactly. That's why yeah. I like having our, our, our team is very, uh, uh, very dynamic and, um, you know, a lot of differentiation in their background. So uh, to me, that that's a great asset. Yeah, for sure. Um, so right now, EVs are probably between three and five percent of the market. They they say by twenty forty it's going to be forty percent, which right. I, I personally think that's a little bit of a reach. I don't know, <laughs> I could be wrong. But from your perspective, what do you think about that, and how do you think that will impact like OEM valuations based on how quick they'll be able to meet the market needs from a retail perspective? You know what I mean? Definitely, and and you know, and, and I'm glad you you gave those numbers because it's um, you know while it may sound small small to people, you know, at, at those those percentages, um, you know, but even still, when you're talking about an overall SAR uh, in the millions, you know, just just right now, we're, I think we're picking about in the middle fifteen millions. You know, you're still talking about a lot of a lot of cars to be added very shortly. Sure, it's a short amount of time. You know, our you know when you're designing a car. You know, start to finish. You know that process is usually about eight to ten years. So, you know, if you're in a, in a manufacturer and you're not planning for the changes that are coming, you're quickly going to be behind, and it's going to take a long time for you to catch up. Yeah. So, you know, for us, you know, we we pay attention to those trends and where everything is going, um, and that kind of drives what our future product plan uh, and lineup will right. look like. Yeah. How many how many um, models do you guys have? So currently we have we have one that has three different variations. Uh, so we have okay. our GS6, which has uh, a base model, uh, an L uh, for luxury, and then an S for more sporty. Right. Um, so that's that's the uh, the lineup that we have as of today. And what's the ranges on those? Like what's what's on so a, uh, all of ours, a mileage on a charge? Yeah. So you know you know just on a, on a pure electric basis, uh, you get eighty miles of range. Mm-hmm. And then our car has a gasoline generator that never drives the wheels, but it provides 280 miles of additional range. Oh, that's right. And then, you know, the, the little benefit of our car versus others is that you always are driven by two electric motors at the rear. So you always have that great electric torque as soon as you put your foot on it. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. That's one of the things I love about EVs 
is that instant torque. Oh, it's it's fantastic. It's fan- and if you, it's put you back in your seat. Exactly. And if you got a you know a, a big big fat right foot like mine, that's uh, that's definitely <laughs> what you like to have. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome though. So I yeah, I knew there was something really cool and different that Karma did motor wise, and and that's my fault for not looking that up first. So. But yeah, it has a gas engine in there that just provides more charging power for the motors. It doesn't actually exactly. uh, drive the exactly. car. Exactly, it just it just feeds. Correct, it never never touches the wheels uh, directly. It just creates electricity for the battery. So essentially, say you're driving a, a certain distance, and you know you ru- you run out of those that that your charge. Yep. But you 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 know the gas kicks in, and that feeds the the, the motors with energy. Right. And then you run out of gas there. Can you put more gas in and be right back on the road? Yep, definitely. That's the that's the oh, benefit see, that's, of our car. And I and I, I, right, I drive. That's one the coolest myself. thing. Yeah, exactly. And so you drive one yourself? I do. I do. And I I, nice. I drive a lot. And that's that's the thing that I love about it. I never have to worry about having that you know that quote unquote range anxiety uh, that other e- e- cars right. do. You know, I can just go to a gas station. Some of our customers drive it like a normal car. They just go to the gas station all the time. Uh, you can do it that way. You can plug it up when you get to wherever you're going or starting from your house. Um, you know, a lot of our customers, their daily commutes are handled just by the, you know, the 80. Yeah, the electric. Yep. So, you know, range, you really don't have to worry about anything, which is great. Yeah, that is great. And and so it, it's not so it's technically not a hybrid, but it sort of is. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a little, a little bit different, you know, it's, it's classified as an electric vehicle. Um, uh, but yeah, we do have that kind of a term we call it e-rev. Yeah. Uh, but if you travel 20 miles to work round trip, you're good. Yep. Exactly. You know, you're good even if it's more than that. So you're like never dipping into the, the gas really. It's only, correct. you know, if you need it, Correct. And but if you need it in a pinch, yep. you got it. And you know, one of the other great things about our car is that the uh, gas tank is air sealed. So gasoline can stay in there for up to a year. So you don't have to worry about it getting bad. Oh, see, so you guys thought of it all. Well, we, tried That's it. Smart. we tried to. We tried to. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Is there, is there something you have seen that has changed for EVs in the past year and a half or so from a sales and marketing perspective, you know, in the sense of like um, how they're marketed or, or, or what's going to make them really, you know, like I said, get above that three or 5% mark. You know, the, the, the quickest thing that I would say, as far as the change that's happened would be the increase of announcements for charging networks that are coming. Mm. And I think that is making people a little more at ease um, to dive fully in to an all electric vehicle. That would be right. the number one thing that I've, that I've, that I've seen uh, kind of happening and, uh, and changing customer perceptions. And how have you seen, you know, the infrastructure change. Cause obviously that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this, this might be a dumb question, but is the plug universal on all electric cars? No, no, it's not. But, Do you think it needs to move towards that? Well, you know, and, and this is the, but 90% of the cars that are on the road today that are all electric, all use the same plug. And we're one of those. That other ten percent is Tesla. Right. I guess that's what I was getting yep. at. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's, te- yeah. You know that I literally everyone is dove in the same way. They have their own, uh, but you can get an adapter either way. Uh, a Tesla can buy a an adapter to go to a universal, and same as vice versa. And and the, the right. adapters you can get them on you know online for twenty bucks. Yeah. So that's not a that's not a huge right. Right. huge issue. Uh, what's 
you know, with EVs, you know, obviously there's zero emissions and all that stuff. And I've talked about on the show that, that you know, to make batteries for electric vehicles, you got to dig up a, a decent amount of earth and then to dispose batteries. Sure. That's a whole thing. What, what, what is the environmental impact? Do you, do you think it's only, it's, it's only going to get better, right? Sure. I think, but right now, cause to, to charge a lot of EVs, they're using plants, coal plants or whatever, you know, they're getting the energy right. originally from fossil fuels kind of thing. So, sure. so what's your thoughts on that? Like, is that just going to, you know, in a, you know, slowly get better, the more EVs that get on the road? No, exactly. And it's, and it's, um, and, and, you know, really it's not even just, you know, EV vehicles, but it's also, um, how electric usage is coming into a lot of other things like charging homes and buildings. Uh, sure. solar is, is a big part of that and definitely will be on the infrastructure and where we get the energy from. So, you know, as those things kind of continue to grow, they'll help build that infrastructure for, to, to get us away from, you know, the, the, the mandate, or not the mandate, but the use of uh, fossil fuels uh, to, be mm-hmm. able to be out there. And then, you know, you got wind power also kind of doing the same thing. Right. All of those things, you know, as that technology is developing, it's all coming really fast. Um, and the implementation of that is is really quick as well in being uh, in being implemented. So, you know, I'm I'm personally not worried. I definitely am am, am am a person that's concerned about the environment overall. Um, I think the move that we're doing and getting away from gasoline and especially diesel um, is the right one to do. Right. And then you know whatever is next, if it's hydrogen or whatever else, that'll even take it to another level. Yeah. Well, I always thought. <laughs> I always say like. You know, you say, what about a hydrogen engine? You know, people used to talk about that and they're like, oh, it's so volatile. Well, we're putting gasoline in our yeah. cars. That's a very <laughs> yeah, volatile right. thing, too. Right. And then yeah. the only output of hydrogen is water. Exactly. Um, that comes out of the tailpipe. So I always thought that's a good alternative as well. Like if it could just if, if we're just EVs and hydrogen, boom, I think we I think we nailed it. Uh, but, you know, like 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 you said, I, 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 I always love um I love an engine and sure, I love sure. changing gears and I love driving a car and, you know, using the clutch and all that stuff. So sure. there, I think there's always going to be both. I think there has to always be both or at least hybrids, you know, paddle shifters and all that stuff with exotics. But um, it's just, it, it's a very interesting time right now because everyone's pushing EVs hard, obviously right. as they should, but it's like, you know, we still got regular, you know, combustion engines too. <laughs> you, you do, you do, and I'm and I'm like you. I, you know, I still, I definitely love my, uh, you know, my my motto years ago was, you know, the more cylinders, the better. Um, you know, that, that that's how I was raised. But, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and and those cars and that experience will will be there. It'll change. It'll change a little bit on you know what those drivetrains look like. Sure. Um, the experience, the experience will actually get better and better. Um, you know, as that is kind of incorporated together. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the changes, especially that the uh, manufacturers are having to do, just like us, um, is regulation pushed, let's say. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, so everyone is kind of getting ready for, you know, and not just here in the States, but all around the world um, for these changing regulations uh, of, of the daily right. vehicles that we use. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny before you said, um, well, the more cylinders, the better, but it's crazy. Like, how technology has advanced, they could take a four cylinder, throw a turbo on it, yeah. and that, that thing yeah. output it'll blow, it'll, all kinds of horsepower. Yeah, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. It'll blow an old V8 away. It's it's a business. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So technology is constantly improving and it will with EVs. And you know, it's gonna, I think, only get better. And in, in, in your opinion, what will be the main thing 
and we might have kind of touched on this to skyrocket EV sales. You know, probably the probably the biggest thing. You know, I would say, um, and I remember when the first kind of EVs came out, especially like the first uh, hybrids. Um, the biggest thing, sales wise, especially in the state that I live in, uh, having an, the ability to have an HOV lane sticker. Uh, oh yeah, by yourself, that little key, that little yellow key exactly. sticker that goes on all the cars exactly. in Cali. That that really <laughs> changed things, and that's where the local, you know, governments and municipalities are really driving the change that's happening in their states and and for us as a country. Um, you know, so you, you add a, add a benefit like that to the federal uh, tax credits um, that that drives a lot of the change as well you know and then you mm -hmm. know besides that on the regulation side on the technology side for products um, as the range changes and continues to grow and grow you know once it I would say once the average is probably over 400 or 50 and start hitting 500 then you're really going to see a very very quick uh, customer perception change yeah yeah, I would I would agree with that. And I also say, and, and people that listen to the show have heard me say this a million times. If it if you could charge the car in the same amount of time it takes you to fill a tank, yes. now you're talking. <laughs> and then you're talking what five, six hundred, you know, eventually it's probably gonna be a thousand miles on a chart. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. Eventually it's gonna get there. Get there. And uh, I think that's when it's really gonna go boom. People are like, oh, wait a second, and then it'll do that trickle down effect. All that high-end technology will just trickle down into less expensive cars. I mean, when you think about it back in the day, you know, if, if a car had a CD player, you were looking at a very expensive car. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously as time goes on, you know, you don't even have CD players yeah, in cars anymore. Right. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? No, it's true. But it's true. That's it's just mean. that trickle down uh, technology. And that's, that's going to happen with this too. Um, what, one, one last question before we get going. Uh, so the, the global sales of karma, like where, where are you, are you guys, are most of your sales here in the U.S. or, or do you have more outside of the U.S.? They are. No, most most are here in the U.S. for North America, um, you know, between our stores that are here and um, and in Canada. Um, our export markets, um, you know, like Latin America and then into kind of the Middle East, those are handled at, as exports. Very low volumes at, at this point. So we got to we have to make sure that our North American dealers are taken care of first. Right. And then Europe um, will will be second in volume, you know, very, very quickly. Um, you know, as soon as they get up and we have a total of seven dealers there right now. And, um, the demand is definitely there. You know, a lot of European countries take, take Norway, uh, that announced that they, they will not allow new ice vehicles in there starting in 2030. Um, oh, wow. so that is coming up very quickly. Um, yeah. then I would say that the other, the, the, the biggest announcement that I've heard from a European country kind of saying the same thing was Germany said that uh, for 2035. Really? Um, and you know, obviously for the German brands that are there, I'm sure they were probably shocked that their country was saying that as well. Yeah, um, like Germany, it's, it's crazy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's 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 really big, but that's, that's also showing, you know, how the world is changing and, and it's changing quickly. Yeah, no, for sure. And all your dealerships are there's there's standalone dealerships right it's not like a, a dealer that sells other cars can have karmas there well they can't, no i mean not every not every dealer is is a standalone we have quite a few that have other brands we have obviously our own area like franchised so, correct, kind of thing correct 
um, so they can be other franchising. We're usually paired with other um, exotic brands, um, you know, all the ones you know, you know as far as Lamborghini, Rope. Of course, you know, yes. Yeah. Uh, those established ones that as well. So, you know, we, we fit in well there um, in, the, in our owners that have those other brands like us because it kind of gives their existing customers um, a very different product to look at. Yeah, that's the truth. I was going to say that, and it's yeah. uh, it's very exotic looking. You know, it's a it's a beautiful yep. car no, with exactly. a lot of yeah, exactly. with a lot of cool technology. Well, listen, William Monroe, it has been a pleasure. Anything else you'd like to say before we get going? Derek, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. It's great talking to you. Yeah, absolutely. This was fun, and may I say, best of luck to your Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We need it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we appreciate all the insight on the EV marketplace and how karma fits into it all and uh, come back anytime, man. That sounds good, man. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. You got it. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. No problem. That was William Monroe, the Senior VP of Global Sales, Marketing and Customer Service for Karma Automotive. For more info, head over to karmaautomotive.com. But that will do it for this episode of Dealer News Today. Appreciate you listening, everybody. Follow the show on social media at Dealer News Today. I am your host, Derek D. DerekD.com for all my stuff, of course. And until next time, this is Dealer News Today.